quietly. For a moment, Slick only sat in his wheelchair and stared at the corpse. She thought he was studying what remained of Mayor Kerchak's face. The man's neck was broken, head bent at an odd angle. The back of his skull had been destroyed, but the way he had struck the ground, the edge of his cheek, from temple to jaw, had also been pulverized. That part of his face was nothing but pulp, bone and muscle and skin turned to jelly. Jenna thought the white bit she saw jutting from the mess was an edge of shattered jawbone, but she dared not look close enough to confirm that. Her control over the urge to vomit was tenuous at best. Dr. Slikowski let out a slow breath and shook his head. He was fortyish and thin, with graying hair and wire-rimmed glasses that gave him an air of hipness that was dispelled as soon as one had a conversation with him. He was a brilliant man, and his mind was always working, which could make him seem distant or distracted when speaking. There was a kind of propriety about him that was almost European, though he had been born and raised in New England. He still hadn't responded to Jenna's question. She was about to ask again, to tap his shoulder and try to drag his attention away from the horrid remains of his friend, when Audrey Gaines slipped under the yellow police tape and strode over to them. Jenna glanced around for Audrey's partner, Danny Mariano, but didn't see him. The two were homicide detectives in Somerset, and Jenna and Dr. Slikowski had had ample opportunity to get to know them. Hello, Walter, Audrey said, with what passed for compassion from her but would have seemed coldness from anyone else. Audrey? We can talk later. I just wanted to tell you I'm sorry. I know you and the mayor were friendly. Slick smiled. Once upon a time, he said. Frankly, neither of us had much chance to socialize of late. But thank you. Have you established what you'll tell the press? Audrey took a breath, hesitating. Jenna was surprised. Audrey Gaines rarely hesitated about anything. For the moment, we're only confirming that he's dead and that the investigation is ongoing. After the autopsy, we can give them some more. All right, Slick said and nodded. I'll do it this afternoon. Are you sure that's a good idea, Walter? Audrey asked. Maybe somebody else ought to take this one. Slick turned to look at the detective, frowning. Are you trying to tell me my job, Detective Gaines? Audrey blinked once, then offered a tiny, almost imperceptible shrug. I'll call you later today, then, she said. She turned away from them and went to speak to one of the forensic specialists, a portly man who was in the midst of analyzing the impact point several feet away. Jenna wanted to say something, to offer some words of comfort, but nothing would come. Audrey was probably right. Psychologically, it was a bad idea for Slick to do an autopsy on a man he'd called friend. Once upon a time, in a horrid nightmare that she frequently wished was only that, and not an actual memory, Jenna had walked in on the autopsy of her own best friend, unaware that Melody was even dead. She had never gotten over that moment, and doubted that she ever would. On the other hand, she knew Slick. A part of him simply couldn't allow anyone else to autopsy Jim Kerchak, mainly because the M.E. didn't trust anyone else to do the job right.
Jenna wanted to say something. More than that, she wanted to go home. Home to her mother's house, rather than back to campus. I wonder how long before I stop thinking of Mom's as home, she thought. The next day would be Christmas Eve. Almost everyone else on campus was gone already, including her boyfriend, Damon Harris, and her two best friends, Yoshiko, who was Jenna's roommate, and her boyfriend, Hunter. Finals were over and the dorm was abandoned, the campus almost a ghost town. Jenna had intended to go into work that morning, transcribe the audio records of the two autopsies from the previous day, and go back to her mother's in Natick. It was all set. Her father, Frank Logan, and his fiancée, Shana Emerson, both of whom were professors at Somerset, had left the previous day for a sabbatical in France. Frank lent Jenna his